Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Home Builders on this 4th of July weekend. Thank you for uh, coming today. 1 John 3.18 Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. Started class off, it was uh, about half of us here, and now we've doubled. So revival's taking place in home homeowners. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the class, every seat will be taken. <laughs> attitudes. How's your attitude today? How are you feeling? How are you responding? How are we living our day-to-day -day lives? Now, depending on the NIV and the year that you use, you'll have different translations that will look at this passage from Philippians 2.5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. In your relationships, how you live with your spouse, your children, your family, your co-workers, your neighbors, your enemies, uh, everybody, okay? How is your relationships? He says, have the same mindset as Christ. Not have the same mindset as, as the person you look up to. Not someone who claims to be better than everybody else or lesser than anybody else. How do we look at our lives? Charles Tremendous Jones, I have used this for decades in here. Because I think that, uh, I mean, he was a great motivating speaker. How many of you ever heard Charles Tremendous Jones. <laughs> All five of us. He said, and obviously this is not an exclusive statement. It's not an absolute statement. It is your attitude, he said, not your aptitude that determines your altitude. What did he actually mean by that? Because obviously aptitude is important. Our knowledge, our understanding is important. But what was he talking about? That your attitude, not your aptitude, determines your altitude. How far you go. How high you go in life. What was he talking about? What was he saying? Pardon? Your actions drive your results. 
And so it all comes back to when we think, in a, think about what you're thinking about, what you focus on, you attract, and that even goes down to the science of the reticular activating system. So you have a filter in your head. Our brain is designed to block most of the things out. It would drive us crazy if we let everything in. So you have to tell your brain what you want, and your brain wants to be right. And so I'm trying not to get too deep. But when you, what you focus on, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to okay, yeah, but You're right, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> what you focus on, what you think about, determines what you do. Yeah. yeah. And it impacts everything. Your attitude impacts everything. That's why your attitude is so important. Your attitude determines often, determines your reality. Your attitude often determines your reality. How? Yeah. As a teacher, I, you know, if, and I homeschooled my kids too. I, if I brought in some new material, one of my children would just have a meltdown. And until I dealt with the meltdown, they, I'll say they, yeah. <laughs> um, they just couldn't learn anything. They're very smart and extremely intelligent. And now they're in college and they are just regular students. But Thank you. 
right? And we have to make sure are we thinking about something truthfully, not how we feel. Our feelings only are our past. Okay? The Holy Spirit knows our future. We're thinking about truth. So if we have to have to pull back on the situation, am I looking at this in a truthful perspective? <coughs> Excuse me. Did Kim really walk by me and not speak to me because she didn't like me anymore? Or did like or because we did those things. Or did she walk by me because she was just busy, right? Because we work up some of the craziest conversations in our head and get a bad attitude with the feeling. So we, we can that can determine that attitude sometimes. I mean, we can get deeper in scripture, but when he's talking about the reticular activating system, when we get stuck, when we have something bad happen to us, we get our brains just get stuck from a clinical perspective, and we replay that over and over again until we, the way to get out of that cycle is focusing on truth. We need to focus on the truth, the truth will change the feeling, bring them more in perspective. Not saying you won't have the feelings, but you really won't be controlled by the feelings, and that's going to change the behavior. Yep. But we, if, if women, we're working on it. I'm going to men do it too, but women, we go so much on them that feel this way. And therefore, your attitude comes from because yep. you feel. And I love the words you use there that five letter word, truth. Truth. Is, it, it, it plays games with us. You know, if, we're not, if we have to hold on to truth, but our minds, maybe I meant to say, our minds are what plays a game with us because what we end up doing is we think about things that we don't even know are true, but we assume they are based on those feelings. And those can impact us so much. Yeah, so when I, when I grew up, I was all the way 142 pounds when I graduated high school. I got bullied. <clears throat> I was insecure. I had OCD, and I got sick of it, and so... What happened was my attitude got really bad. My mom always said, you're either gonna be on the front of a magazine or he's gonna be in the post office wall. And so I got, to, I, got to, I got into kickboxing and I got to fighting and I broke both my hands on people's heads and I headbutted people and I got along with people. But she said I'd find the drop of a hat and a lot of times I would drop the hat because I was focused on no matter where I went, you, what, what, you see what you look for. That's your philosophy and your attitude. So I was always looking for someone to mess with me and I would find it no matter where I, we could be at a re revival at a church. I'd be fighting in the graveyard out back because I was looking for someone to do something to me. So I learned the power of attitude because your attitude, attitude is everything. And when I met Charles, Charlie Tremendous Jones one time, and he was a different individual. He was just like so energetic. And one of the things he said, too, is you will be the same person you are today five years from now, except for the people that you meet in the books that you read. And so when I started learning, okay, this filter, your mindset, the reticular activating system, it's like you never notice how many cars are on the road like the one you're driving until you bought it. They were there before, but we didn't pay attention because your brain is designed to block most of the things out, and you have to tell it what you want, and then all of a sudden you start paying attention to that red car or whatever it is. So with your attitude, what I had to do was start fixing it because at first you create your habits and your rituals, and they create you. So I started every morning, instead of me watching Bad Morning America, it's not Good Morning America, it's Bad Morning America, where all it is is negativity, what I started was you know, meditating, I listen to a sermon every morning when I'm getting ready and fixing my hair, and, then, <laughs> and, and, and so I started learning the power of your brain is the most powerful computer ever created, so I do the sermon, then I do my devotion on the Thomas Road app, and then at night, <coughs> what you focus on before you go to bed, you marinate on for the next six to eight hours. So if I could start my day the right way, if I could end it the right way, I could handle what happened throughout the middle of the day. 
and then your brain doesn't know the difference of reality and what you tell it. So here's what's fascinating. It, it talks about it in the Bible, right? The power of your thought and your mind. So we actually produce the same chemicals and endorphins. When you visualize an experience, good or bad, like she talked about, something that happened, your body produces the same chemicals and endorphins as if it actually happened. So you can experience an experience before you ever experience it. And now they're showing how we move in the direction of our expectations. So it's true, thoughts are things. What we think about, we bring about. And the late Christian uh, billionaire Paul J. Meyer, he taught me, look, you magnetize the condition you seek. Rick Warren says, what you seek is seeking you. And so that's when you start capturing, we can't control what thoughts come into our mind. Like I was sitting in church this morning, I'm like, where did that thought come from? Like, why would I even be thinking about that in church? But we can control what we do with it once that thought enters our mind. And my family was naturally, my dad, negative. We'd go into a restaurant and he'd be looking at what was wrong and what was dirty. And, and so naturally, I was raised negative. So I have to work really hard at displacing the negative with the positive, which is the Bible in the morning, the devotions in the morning. And if I'm not careful, and that's why people that are addicted to drama, now that I know the science behind it, they, we get addicted to our own drugs. And so if something bad is not happening, they'll keep thinking about those things and running them back and forth until they create that situation. So the attitude determines your altitude. And one more thing the billionaire taught me was you will never get past your self-imposed limitations. It's not what goes on around you that's as important as what goes on within you. And anything you ever achieve and you ever win, you achieve in your head first. So that drives there. And there's also the, this is why I was trying to figure out how to even say this without going too deep. We all have an identity, who, who we feel like we are and what we deserve. And so what happens, if I feel like I'm a 75 degree person, every time I start to achieve above that level, I will start to self-sabotage and bring it right down because I don't feel worthy of more than that. Right? That's that self-imposed limitation. The enemy is actually the inner me. So when it comes to attitude determines your altitude, it's true in everything. It's true in relationships. It's true in business. It's true in health. <coughs> it's true in every single aspect. And so I have never, in my 49 years of life, it has been in the last 12 to 24 months that I have, that, that I have realized the power of what we put into our head not only what you think about, but also what you speak. So now they're saying that when you have a negative thought, it's four to seven times more powerful than a positive. When you verbalize it, it multiplies it by ten. And so the, what I've been teaching my kids is, look, what you, what you think about, what you speak about, they're seeds. And that harvest, you're going to reap what you harvest. I mean, you're going to harvest what you, what you sow. And so be very careful because when you send them out, they don't come back unless they fulfill that mission. And another way that I, I think about it, too, is my thoughts and my words today are painting tomorrow. Okay? So anyway, I, that's why I was stuck. I'm like, how do I not go too deep? But the last 12 to 24 months, I have never understood the power of what you think about, what you put into your head, protecting the portals of your mind, and controlling the attitude. And it's also made me very intentional of who I, who I let into my space because – you catch what you're close to, and your associations work harder on you than you work on them because they're feeding stuff into your life. And a lot of times we can be enslaved and not even know it because of the environment that we're in. So I didn't need to go too deep on that, but I wanted to come back and go, 
the attitude is everything. Yeah. When, and and it's, I've never been more passionate about That's why when I saw that, I was so excited. Because I'm like, that changed my world. I went from where I was to having a completely different life. And that's why now I love speaking, helping, training, doing all those things. Because if I would have known this at an earlier age, you know, and, and also, too, when she just talked about focus on where you're going, not where you've been. Like, don't look back unless you want to go that way. So make sure you're focusing on the right things. And it's a moment-by-moment battle. I flood my mind. Your subconscious mind is always recording. I flood my mind with stuff every single day. I dropped out of college after a year and a half, but now I consume hours of content a day, every single day, knowing that the attitude determines my altitude. Yeah, and, and if I wouldn't break it, I dropped the mic. So instead of doing that, here I'll just do that. <laughs> your attitude often determines your actions. Your attitude determines your actions. Give me some examples of that. Yeah. When I feel, um, because of the quiet time in the morning, that God has the universe and he has me and he knows my little path through this day, I am happy to obey any promptings of the Spirit. It doesn't matter. If I'm thinking about myself first and, and, and my needs first, then when he prompts me to be kind to somebody who wasn't kind to me, I say, mm, I don't think so. But being loved by the Father and soaking in that love first gives me the freedom because there's plenty of love there. So I can bless my enemies. I can pray for them. I can really implore God on their behalf. I can be kind to those who are not kind to me. It's, it's all the same because his love for me is so constant. So that, you know, I, I think one of the things that made Jesus' attitude what it was is his implicit trust of the Father and his getting in touch with the Father all by himself early in the morning was integral to his survival going through meeting people like us, you know, who could ruin his day, but we couldn't because he was connected to the Father in the love of the Father, the plans of the Father, the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's what he offers to us. You can live this way, not because we're so smart or remember everything, but because we have the same Father now. We are adopted, and, and the Holy Spirit does live in us, and we can choose to let this be our reality, and then everything else becomes possible. Yeah. Also, sometimes our attitude can make us miss out on things. Um, I work for retail, I know you guys can all pray for me. I'm a customer service manager, so I'm going to get to this Well, there's something wrong with your, um, with the value of your mind. People come up and they're like, oh, can I get a discount? Well, some people come up and they're like, this is damaged and I need a discount. Well, you know, as a customer service manager, I get to choose how much to give off. You're going to miss out on 75% if you're me, I'm going to give you 100% off.
I was actually reading an article that I'll read to you at some point uh, when I, I feel led to do it. But, but it was uh, an article on thank you notes. It's in the Virginia Magazine. And if you get, how, does anybody else get the Virginia Magazine? Um, it's the, a, a couple months ago, it's the last page. Uh, and, and she was describing this, and she was having a discussion uh, with her son at one point in the article. And they were eating a type of potato chip. And she said, these are awesome potato chips. She had described to him what, you know, that she had done before. And so he looked on the back of the potato chip. It was, uh, um, yeah, Miss Vicky's, I think, potato chips. And she just loved it. And so her son looked at the back, saw the number, the customer service number, and dialed it. And when the person answered the phone, a lady answered the phone, he said, she says, how can I help you? And she said, he said, uh, well, my mom and I have been eating these potato chips, and they're wonderful, and I just want to say thank you for the potato chips. And she says, can I ask you what kind of potato chips you're eating? You get salt and vinegar. I love salt and vinegar potato chips, though they're not good for me, but once a year is fine. She said, I've been working here, and I forget, I think it was like 20 years I have never received one phone call of appreciation for a product. She said, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go out and I'm going to stop. I'm going to push the button and it's going to stop the assembly line. And everybody's going to wonder, what's the problem? And I'm just going to thank them for you. Amazing. An attitude of appreciation. That impacts, and they received, I mean, can you imagine answering the phone, some of you do, and all you receive is negative, negative, negative. Can I ask you as well, no, show of hands, have you ever called just to be negative, 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 or whatever? You know, it's, how, do we, how do we do this? How do we act? Our attitude often, doesn't have to, but it often, determines or impacts our actions. Your attitude will directly impact others around you. How should this knowledge, and you've already articulated it, that what we say, our attitude, the way we respond in situations, affects people around us, right? For example, you know you know it, right? If, if I started smiling, you know, Tracy's looking at me, she, she wasn't smiling before, she was not, not no purpose for that. But she starts looking at me, and she just starts smiling because what do you do when people smile at you? You don't typically go, <laughs> no, maybe some do. Or have you ever, <laughs> had someone look up and you just watch people? All of a sudden, people start, they want to know what they're missing. What is he seeing, she's seeing that I'm not seeing? And they automatically do it. You know, Sandy.
best friend, we went down Main Street in uh, Raleigh, which was Pilsner Street, if I remember correctly, and we stood on the sidewalk for a foot. Wow, that is the most awesome thing. And she's going, yeah, that, that's incredible. And people are coming online, and they're, you know, like, yeah, it and it was funny. Yeah, people follow your lead, yeah. Don't use the metal one. <laughs> I tried that experiment, it didn't work. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time, if you hold three fingers up, someone will hold three fingers back with you. Or one finger up, or one finger back with you. Or like throw a thumbs up, or throw a thumbs up back. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of crazy. Yeah, but we do what we're comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, you know, my parents are driving me crazy. Uh, I, I just, I, you know, it's like, 
No. Your attitude has determined yourself. Can they influence you? Absolutely. They can influence you to make an inward choice in how you feel. But they don't determine it. You determine it. You decide it. And you, what you, we have to do is we have to learn how to take control of our attitudes. We have to take control of our feelings. We have to take control of what we actually believe is truth, as Laura was saying. How we actually take that in and believe it. Because as we think through this, if I, you know, if I allow people to change and affect my attitude, I'm going to constantly be changing as an individual. I'm just uh, like a roller coaster going up and down in my attitudes, my feelings, and they're out of control. I need to be in control of that. In other words, and did I know this when I was younger? Absolutely not. Okay? You know, thankfully over the years, it, it, things would, I mean, you know my story. And those of you who've been in class for a while know my story. Uh, you know, uh, there, each one of us kids have been affected some way by my dad's attitudes and his actions. And so when I was newly married, my number one issue was an anger issue. I got, I was, I could be his mom. I'm the happy-go-lucky guy. But interestingly enough, you know what my dad's nickname was? Happy. Because he was always happy. Until he got around his family. And so, you know, you happy. And it wasn't until I scared Cheryl in one of my arguments that I said, I've got to get control. Thankfully, it was in our first year of marriage when I was 23. And I learned right away that I have control over my anger, my, my attitude, my feelings. And if I allow people, like I would get angry when I felt disrespected. Whether I was or not, that, it was how I felt. And so that's what made me respond that way. And I have to learn to continue to learn, as you were saying. It's still a process. You have to learn to control it. Why does a person blame someone else for their attitudes? Usually negative. Usually people don't go, you know, I am such a happy person today because of my spouse. <laughs> what? Yeah, we don't want to necessarily take responsibility for our, ourselves. We want to shift the blame to somebody else and not take responsibility for how we feel and how we respond. We can choose to change our attitude based upon others' motives, words, or actions. This can be positive or negative. Give me some, give me some positive examples of the way we change our attitude based on someone else. Positive examples. Yeah, go on. Excitement is contagious. Yes. You get excited. You see that all the time when I talk. They classes. Well, you know, you do it. I'm okay. sure you do it. You walk in, you're like, yeah. And everybody's kind of like, wake up, you know. Otherwise, it's kind of, especially at 8 o'clock. Yeah. It's just be excited when you see other people get excited. It's, it's contagious. Creating a positive culture yeah. can impact people. It, it, it affects the way they think. It, it, it's so funny. You can see this all the time. I listen to somebody, here's an example. I listen to somebody say something negative about something. And then somebody else walks in, what are you talking about? Oh, we're talking about blank. 
And they say something positive about it. Like, oh, that's amazing. I love that. And the person who is just negative says something positive about it. <laughs> what? Yeah. What's that saying? Last in the world, that's with you. Cry and cry alone. Yeah. Often that's the case. Laugh in the world laughs with you. Cry and you cry alone. Mm. Just because people generally want to see the good. Yeah. People want to see the good. Yeah. Generally, just greeting people, saying hi, good morning, whatever, has a kind of a stunning effect. It does. They're like, what? And it, then it creates an atmosphere for safety and security. You, you feel, oh, there were other human beings here. This is good. We can say hi. You know? So but sometimes you have to break down some walls. Oh, give me an example of that. Our office, LUSERV, is serving volunteering in our community at four different locations over the summer. We volunteered at Parkview, um, and this last one, the second one, was at the Boys and Girls Club downtown. And I experienced something that I had never experienced before. At least not in this way. I, I there were all kinds of kids, and you have to apply to get into the program. There were kids from all ages there. Except for little, little ones. Just they're like elementary school all the way up to high school. And I intentionally looked at them in the eye, and said things like, good morning. You look great. Positive statements to them. And not one of them responded. They are in a culture of negativity so much that they don't even trust a positive comment. Devastating. Devastating. And I thought, you know, uh, you know, how sad is that? But it's a reality of our culture. Well, any other examples? Positive? Yeah. Um, well, scripture verse that comes to mind that we we have used in, in our home is Romans twelve two says, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will." And um. One of the things that we've discovered in, in, is that when we have this negative attitude or when we take things in or we allow the enemy to, to bombard us with stuff and not taking each thought captive, we are playing into his game. We are playing into his plan for us. Instead of God's plan, which is a renewed mind. And so it's a very powerful, powerful tool that the enemy uses against us. And when we realize, oh, this is Satan, this is not God. This is this is I'm following the wrong path. Then renewing our minds with God's path and, and it and the, the second part of that verse is that you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. So in other words, if we don't have the renewed mind, we don't test and approve what God's will is and his good and pleasing perfect will. We are not able to do his will. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. I work with the public schools at Estonia, and this past year we lost 15 teachers because I think of, because of the culture of the students yeah. and how they are not 
disrespectful, but disrespectful. I'm actually going to want people to just quit altogether because of that. So that, that's why you're asking me about that. Yeah. In other words, folks, so this morning, what I want us to realize is that our attitude and the way we express ourselves impacts people. And we can, we can be impacted by that. So in other words, what the, my attitude can impact Cheryl. Now, it shouldn't, but it does. And so what we have to do is we have to take control of it. But our motives, our words, our actions, everything, they can affect our own attitude. We can choose based on watching everybody else. And so we know the negatives. Okay? When someone's rude. That's why Proverbs 15.1 says a soft answer turns away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. How we say and what we do impacts us, can impact other people. And so I've got to take control of that. And we all want to create a positive environment for people. I use the phrase, get rid of the drama, this negativism. The things that really just emotionally impact us negatively. And choose that, and, and, which also means choose what we do. Choose how we're entertained. Choose the music we listen to that will give us a positive or negative attitude. Uh, the, the respect and value of humanity. It, how we volunteer and serve will impact other people. Because when we experience this and we do the right thing around people, it will impact them over time. Yeah, last word, and then we'll pray. I was just going to say, just like sometimes she's gotten to the point now where I'm so high-strung and driven and focused, and then she'll remind me it's not about you, it's about God. And so having someone, that's why it's so important people in your life to also <clears throat> speak the right things because it makes a difference in your attitude. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And we have to always stay focused in that way to be able to be humble and to be able to glorify the Lord in everything that we do. Well, we got through the introduction. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, may our mind, our thoughts, our actions be like the mind of Christ. The thoughts, the motives, the actions of our Savior Jesus. God, help us not to be self-centered, self-motivated, but may we honor and worship you and bless others. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Have a great week. Happy 4th. Tomorrow. But celebrate America today. <laughs> <laughs>